everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk. Good morning. Welcome to the Vineyard. You can go ahead and have a seat. So glad that you are here with us this morning. There's nowhere I would rather be, and I'm glad to be here with you this morning. So welcome, my name is Emily. I'm the Connect Pastor here at the Vineyard. I wanna just first get something out in the open. It's the Super Bowl, right? And our team is in the Super Bowl, so let's just take a second. Go Eagles. Great, don't leave me hanging, excellent. Eagles are playing today. We're excited. We're really excited. Um, But I'm also really excited to be here with you this morning. And I just have this feeling that the Holy Spirit is here and that he wants to do something new and fresh this morning. So I'm coming here today with this expectation that the Holy Spirit is here. And I'm, I'm asking you this morning to do the same. We're excited about the Eagles, but I'm excited about the Holy Spirit and what he might want to do in and among us and around us this morning. So let's just pray for a moment, invite him, more of him to come, uh, and then we'll keep moving forward. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come. God, you promise wherever two or three are gathered, you are there in our midst. And I'm asking for more, God. I'm asking for more. Some more of you, Holy Spirit, pour it out, God. Lord, you have this space and you have this time and it's all yours. So come, Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning, uh, one quick announcement for you is that Emotionally Focused is coming in February, that we are having a, an intensive. Um, it's a time uh, where we meet together for this very special, transformative, I don't even want to call it a program because it's so transformational. There's a lot of us in here who have gone through Emotionally Focused. Um, I have, and honestly, I hated it. But it transformed me in a really, really good way. It was worth it. It was worth the pain. It was worth the work. And I want to encourage you to try it, to come, to register. Registration's closing really soon. So I would encourage you to go home today um, and look online, sign up if you haven't yet. Do it today before the Super Bowl. And, uh, and come and check it out and see what it's all about. It's something that will form and transform your heart for the better. So that is coming up. Today what we are doing is um, continuing on in our series, God Experience. So what we have been doing is looking at the different parts of our Sunday mornings. What do we do, right? So we do listen for God's voice. We have ministry time, we have communion, we have giving, 
we have a time of blessing and we have worship. So next week, we will dig into worship with Bob. Um, but today, I'm going to sort of give you a wrap-up, a big picture, then we'll do worship, and then we'll move on to our next series. So today, what we're going to do, right, is look at the big picture. So why do we do all of these things? Why are these part of our service, and why do you come? What is it all about, and why do you come? (sighs) Why do we do this? So this morning, what I would love is for Doug to come up. He's going to read the scripture for us. So you can go ahead, and if you... If you need to grab a Bible, there are Bibles in the back. You can grab a Bible or open your own. And we'll be looking at Colossians chapter 3. So Doug is going to read it. And Doug, I'm going to ask you to read it kind of slowly. And after Doug reads, I'm going to give you a minute of silence to just ask God what he might want to say to you through this passage. So listen closely and then close your eyes for one minute. Colossians Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 2, and then 12 to 17. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, he must clothe, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe, your, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, Do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen. 
Once upon a time, there was a mountain. It was a beautiful mountain. It was high. And at the top of the mountain, there was God. And, and sitting next to him on the right was Jesus. It was beautiful. A beautiful place full of light. If you were up there, you would feel this atmosphere of complete peace, complete love. You would notice God the Father and Jesus looking at each other with absolute delight and joy and excitement and love for millions and billions and trillions of people that they had created. You would see them at the top of the mountain looking at each other, remembering when God first spoke, let there be light. And boom, there was. You could see them remembering when they made the stars, when they made the lands and the animals, and most importantly, when they took the dust created Adam and breathed life into him. And on this mountain, God and Jesus, looking at each other in delight, then turn their eyes from one another to see the Holy Spirit. I can't really describe to you what the Holy Spirit looks like, except that he's shimmery and shiny, and he's everywhere, just everywhere. He's, his presence is flowing and permeating the entire top of the mountain and off the mountain. It's everywhere. He's everywhere. And they look at the Holy Spirit and smile and delight, knowing that the three of them have this beautiful relationship, this wonderful dance that they have together. And at the top of the mountain, there are multitudes of people that have come before us. They're there on their knees with their hands in the air like this, and they're praising God, and they're praising Jesus, and they're seeing the beauty of God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit flowing in and among each other with the joy and the delight, and they're praising, and they're feeling the most intense Love that there is not space, there is not space or room for any fear, no sadness, it couldn't even possibly exist. There is nothing up there that could ever, ever permeate the goodness of God. It's incredible. And there are angels. And there are creatures, and they're praising God. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty. Over and over and over, they would never even want to stop saying that or singing it because they're full of the intensity of God's love and his light that are filling the top of this mountain. There are no tears because there is no sadness. There is no brokenness at all. 
You can see the scars of Jesus, and you can see the scars on the hearts of the multitudes. But they don't feel any pain, and they don't even remember, why did I have that scar? They just know the scars are there, but the pain is gone. Absolute, total love. Can you even imagine the peace? the love, the joy, the delight. So all of that is happening on the mountain. And at the top of the mountain, we're going to go, imagine, in our story. We're going to go with the Holy Spirit here. He, he flows out and off the mountain. And down at the bottom of the mountain, Right at the line of the mountain, there's a tree line. And then beyond the tree line is a sea. And it is the sea of humanity. And it is so broken. It's the sea of humanity. And and you can see, if you look at the people, if you really look at them, you can see in their hearts the depth of pain and anguish, and grief, and loss, and addiction, and hurt, and fear, deep, deep fear, and shame. If you look at the sea of humanity, you can see in their hearts darkness and pain, and an ache, and a deep, deep longing for something better and something more. In fact, if you look in the hearts of these people, you will see a compass, a very small compass, but it's light. It's full of light. And actually on the compass is is a picture of God the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And you can see them moving and interacting together. And in this compass, you see the joy and the delight and the freedom and the healing, it's there, but it's, it's small. It's this little compass. The rest of the humanity is just in darkness and actually flowing all around the sea of humanity, sadly, is the enemy. It's a darkness. It's a cloud, confusion, addiction, fear, shame, guilt. It all flows around humanity. They can't get rid of it. They almost don't even notice that it's there. And this dark cloud, this this enemy, this darkness, actually has this ability to transform itself into something that looks light and peaceful and joyful. And it takes the form of busyness in our phones, in our jobs, and all sorts of things that that actually look really good, but they keep us really, really busy, the sea of humanity. So the sea of humanity is there in darkness. They don't really realize everything that's going on around them. There's this bigger picture of things that are pulling them and drawing them. And what's happening is that they're trying to make the sea of humanity ignore the compass inside of their hearts so that they don't even realize that they actually have this inner compass guiding them to Jesus. They don't even know it's there. If they knew, they might decide to focus on the compass 
and let it lead them and guide them up to the mountain. But that's the sea of humanity. And then there's this tree line I mentioned. It's, it's a tree line of redwoods. I don't know if you've ever seen the redwoods. It is incredible. We'll show a picture of it. There, they, are, they can grow up to like 300 feet tall. Maybe some of you know more about the redwoods than me, but they're so tall. So imagine this at the bottom of our mountain, between the, mount, the top of the mountain, right, at the bottom, and um, the sea of humanity is the line of redwoods. That's us. We are the redwoods. Now, the redwoods, they have found the inner compass and decided to calibrate the compass toward God. And so they see the top of the mountain, and they see God the Father and Jesus, and they know that the Holy Spirit is actually with them, right there with them, flowing in and among them and inside of them, and their compass is calibrated toward God and toward Jesus at the top of the mountain. And Jesus has given them a mission and said to them, to us, I'm going to say us, has said to us, I need you. I need you to be planted at this tree line. I have a reason. So I'm stationing you there. It is the space between heaven and earth. You are there. And I am planting you there. And I want you to grow tall. Keep your compass calibrated toward me. Because when your heart looks toward me, you'll get all the nutrients and everything you need from me, from Jesus, And you'll be able to grow taller and taller and taller and closer and closer and closer to the top of the mountain. And now he says to us, you're going to need, you're going to need really great roots. And if you know anything about the redwoods, they actually don't have deep roots. Their roots only go six to 12 feet below the surface. Yet they grow 300 feet. How is that possible? It's possible because the root system of the redwood trees actually spread out this way, wide. They can go 60 to 100 feet outwards. I don't know if I'm describing this right. Do you have the picture? Yeah. Um, They go out. And what they do, the roots, is they interlock and intertwine with each other. So what Jesus says to us, the tree line is, I'm planting you there, and I need you to stick together. You have got to stick together. Let your roots wind and intertwine and hook and stick together. Do you know what happens with these redwoods? The reason that they never fall, hardly ever fall, even in hurricanes, earthquakes, and storms, the reason that they don't fall is because they actually hold each other up. So if even one begins to teeter, they're so intertwined, the roots, that it won't fall. It will just stay because the roots are locked and intertwined. And so Jesus, in our story here, he says to us, I need you to be my tree line. I I need you to stick together. So in our grander question this morning, why do we do this Sunday morning? Why do we do ministry time and blessings and giving and communion and worship? Why do we do all of it? 
some of the reason is because we need to be together. We are better together, stronger together. In our story here, as as we are the trees, go back to the sea of humanity. Now, the sea of humanity thinks we're amazing. We're redwoods. We're so tall. And so every once in a while, the sea of humanity, their hearts will feel the compass tug and pull and realize, oh, wait, there's something better. There's something better than me working 80 hours a week. There's something better than me going for the substances that I think will take away all my pain. There's something better than staying in bed and not getting out of it. Their hearts start to realize that there is a compass and there's something better. And so the sea of humanity turns toward the light, toward Jesus at the top of the mountain, and they start to walk toward the top of the mountain and they come to us. They come to us because we are a safe place. We are a protective place. We can bring them shade. We can bring them life. We can bring them nutrients and we can show them the way to God. They come to us and we can point them north. And we can say, hey, I have that compass too. And here's how I calibrate my compass toward Jesus. It's another reason why we have this. As a place to help others, to guide others, and to lead them up the mountain to the place where we really belong. This is not our home. It's not where we actually belong. We come together for this so that we can participate, not so we can consume. We don't come here on Sunday mornings to get more knowledge or feel better about ourselves or something. We we don't come here for us. We come here for all of us, for all the roots, so that we can intertwine, so that we can help each other, and so that we can... Be there when the sea of humanity realizes, I need more. I don't want to be in this brokenness. I don't want to be in this depression anymore. I want to go where I know there can be life and goodness and peace. That's why we come together. Because this is a place, because ministry time, because communion, because all of that forms our hearts. Because it's really easy for our compasses even to get all out of whack. And because we also need time to remember that our compasses always need recalibrated to Jesus too. And so this is a time for us too to recalibrate, to make sure our hearts are being formed by the right things. There's a beautiful book, James K.A. Smith. Um, Now I'm forgetting the title, that's terrible. Something about You are what you love. That's what it is. You are what you love. I'm looking at Steph because she usually knows. And and what he says in this book, he actually uses the compass imagery too in in one of his talks about, about the book. But the whole idea is that we're actually not thinking beings. We're heart beings. And it is our hearts that actually drive what we do and how we're formed. So if our hearts 
are always stuck in that sea of humanity in the darkness, then our hearts will begin to look like that. But if our hearts are formed toward Jesus and who he is, and if our hearts are formed by his people around us, then our hearts will begin to look like his. So it matters where you allow your formation to take place. And that's why we have Sunday mornings. So keep that image in your mind. And let's look at Colossians 1 and 2. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So this is Paul talking thousands of years ago, right? And he's talking to this church in Colossae, a church. It's a group of redwoods who also have their roots all intertwined. And he's giving him a very important piece of advice. This word here, set your sights, it's translated in different ways. It comes from a Greek word. This was written in Greek. Beth, can you grab it and put it up there? Thank you. Zeteo. What it really means is to seek with all of your heart, to go after something with all of your heart. It's a deep desire, a deep want. And this word here, this verb, zeteo, is not a once and only action. Don't set your hearts one time. It's a verb that continues. So what he's really saying is constantly be setting your heart on the realities of heaven. So in our picture, it would be kind of like constantly be looking up to the top of the mountain for Jesus. Constantly be allowing the Holy Spirit to flow in you. Constantly set the compass of your heart toward Jesus and constantly be thinking and placing your heart on the things of heaven and the things of God. That's what Paul is telling them to do. And then if you look down verses 12 to 17, I won't reread them all. But Paul is basically, if you look through this, you can pull out all the parts of our service. So when he's talking about, for example, forgive each other, that reminds me of communion. When we come together to do communion, it reminds us of Jesus and what he did for us. He gave his whole life to forgive our sins. So those people up on the top of the mountain, the multitudes have gone before us and us, all of us, all of our junk has been forgiven. And we need to remember to forgive one another the same way God forgave us. And communion can be a moment where when we take it, we remember to say, thank you for your forgiveness, God. Paul talks about worship here. Sing spiritual songs and hymns with thankful hearts. When we come together, when the worship team comes up here and when we sing, this is a formational time for us. 
We participate, we sing, and we allow the words and the experience that we can have with God in that time to form our hearts. Paul says, teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. That reminds me of ministry time. You know, the Holy Spirit has given us all different gifts. And sometimes he pours them out whenever he needs to. There have been moments when, when I've been praying for someone, I actually think it's only happened once, but I'm going to keep praying, where someone has actually received real healing. I was praying for someone who was really suffering with allergies. And I was like, well, I'll just pray. Holy Spirit, come and in Jesus' name, allergies be gone. And they were. It's the only time that I've actually had that happen. But I'm praying for more. Holy Spirit, he can do whatever he wants with whoever he wants at any time. But like the roots of the redwood, we need each other. We need each other's gifts, right? I had one of the worst weeks of my entire life this week. I'll be honest. It, was, it ranked at the top for sure. It was so bad. And, man, Tuesday I had Alpha here at the church. I, I had to text my whole Alpha team and say, I can't come. We're in crisis. I cannot come. And that was so beautiful, man. They held me up. They took it over. They ran the whole thing. They cleaned up everything. I came in the next day. I didn't have to do a single thing. They ran it. They blessed people. They prayed. They let the Holy Spirit in. They ran this beautiful, beautiful program for the lost. They did it without me. I would have just fallen over in the redwood forest, I'll be honest, this week. But I had them, and they came. And then I started texting a lot of you, help, help. I need you to pray. I don't know. I, I just need you to pray. And then Tracy and Trish, that's my tripod, they were like, we're coming. We're coming over on Friday, and we're going to pray through your entire house. They brought holy water. They blessed every room in my house. They got words from the Holy Spirit that were spot on, exactly what I needed to hear. They held me up. And I don't know what I would have done this week if I didn't have them, if I didn't have you, my sweet redwood forest. meant the world to me. That's why we come, because we need each other. Because honestly, I'll be honest, if you stay home and you watch online, I love you and I'm glad you're online, but we miss you, come back. And if you go to a home church, I bless that. I love the idea of home church because that is the key to discipleship and that's why we have life groups. And I bless you all, actually, in the name of Jesus to find a small group, a tripod or a life group or some kind of small group because we need that too. But honestly, it can't be the only thing. You can't just do this life with Jesus alone. You can't. We need each other. We need the diversity. You know, Trish and Tracy that came on Friday, I never would have chosen them as friends. I love you. No offense, <laughs> wherever you are. But if I was just out and about in this world, I wouldn't have picked them. We're not alike. We're so different. But that's the beauty of here, of being together and knowing I'm not like you. I don't have the same beliefs. I don't, I'm not always on the same page with all of you. We believe different things. We live our lives differently, but we need each other so that our hearts can be calibrated and formed and oriented and pointed to Jesus.
Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.